Our first reading this morning comes to us from the book of Malachi. Malachi, which means my messenger, is the last prophet of the grace of God until John the Baptist appears approximately 400 years later. And so it is fitting for Malachi to prophecy concerning the forerunner of Jesus, who will proclaim, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Malachi is only four chapters long. This here is the final chapter of the Old Testament. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Oreb for all of Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before and the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. That is our first reading. Our second reading is from the book of Hebrews. Now, the, the, book of, the author of the book of Hebrews is really unknown. There's some speculation out there, but nothing really definite. Luther describes the book of Hebrews as a marvelous, fine epistle. It discusses Christ's priesthood masterfully and profoundly on the basis of the scripture and extensively interprets the Old Testament in a fine way. Chapter 10 discusses Christ's sacrifice once for all, and this part refers to all those who are called to persevere. In Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with the 35th verse, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For... Yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their soul. That is our second reading. Our gospel reading is from the book of Luke, and, well, there really isn't much to say here except be ready. Let's see what it says here in Luke chapter 12. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. 
Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them come and recline at the table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect. That is our gospel reading. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. You know, we talk about faith. So I want to talk about this chair. Now we have no kids here today. I kind of was kind of thinking, well, this would be kind of a cool little deal for them. A chair is something we can see. We can recognize it. We can feel it. That is the physical element of the chair. Now the point of this is, where does faith come into the picture? Faith comes to the fact that I believe I will sit in that chair and not fall on the floor. I believe that chair will keep me up. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen those examples, maybe in your younger days when they used to have somebody standing here and the guy there was supposed to fall back into them. You had faith that they were going to catch you and not fall down. And that's the same thing with faith. Faith is believing in something that you don't see or understand, and I will sit here, okay, I have faith that this chair is going to hold me up. That is the believing in something that you don't see or understand. And the scriptures talks about faith a lot. Talks about faith. Talks, you know, and today's our gospel lesson. We, we believe that Jesus Christ is going to come again. We have faith that he's going to come again. He came once and he will come again. In Hebrews 11, 6, it says, Without faith, we cannot be saved. You know, even the demons believe in God. They understand that this is a chair. But they really don't have faith in God. We, on the other hand, have faith and believe that God is real. We believe we, we do the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that is where our faith comes from. And we light the faith candle today. But are we ready? Are we ready to sit in the chair? Are we ready to have a stick? To lean on something. Are we ready to have confidence and belief that the day is coming when Jesus Christ is going to come again? You got to realize that back then they were waiting for the first birth of Jesus Christ. When is he coming? They were waiting and waiting and waiting. He hadn't come. It's like he's there's there's it's in the Bible that he's going to come, but yet. When? 
You know, most of us here probably have gone through a birthing situation. You're going to be expecting a baby. When is the baby going to be due? And are you ready for it? Think about that for a moment. Oh yeah, you're going to be born on June 24th. Well, maybe. Might come early. Might come late. Might come at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It might come at 3 o'clock in the morning. But the thing is, you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready for when that baby is going to be born. And then when that baby's coming, you grab your duffel bag and out the door you go to the hospital. And how about us? What kind of duffel bag is going to, what's going to be in our little duffel bag when the day is coming? To be ready. On the day, we don't know when God is going to come. It might not come in our lifetime. He might not come at that time. We might be going to Him upon our death. So what shall we pack in our little to-go box, our little to-go bag? How do we prepare for Christ's return? Jesus tells us two things He wants us to pack. First thing we should pack is readiness. In Luke 12, 35 through 40, Jesus tells us to be ready for his return. If Jesus doesn't return in our lifetime, he'll come back anytime, but he'll be ready. We need to be ready. It's like he says here in verses 35 through 40, be dressed and ready for service. You've got to be ready to go. You know, the thing about the watches that are in the scripture this morning, that you talk about the, you know, he might come during the third or the fourth watch. The third watch actually started to believe like about at midnight, and the fourth, the third watch was probably like about three o'clock in the morning. The Jews ironically had three watches. The Romans had four watches. So there's, there's all kinds of interesting stuff going on there. But they have those watches, and what we're talking about today are the Jewish watches, and the fact that you got to be ready. Whether it's at midnight, whether it's at 3 o'clock in the morning, whether it's at 6 o'clock in the morning, you must be ready and dressed and ready to go. Like servants waiting for their master return from a wedding banquet. So when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose masters find them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table and come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. Readiness. Are we ready? Are we ready? Readiness. What does that mean? Well, it means, as it says in Luke 7, 1 through 10, repenting of your sin and believing in Jesus Christ. It's a, this is a story about the centurion. It teaches us about righteousness. Readiness is about sitting at the feet of Jesus, as recorded in Luke 10. About Mary and, and uh, Martha. 
One sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the word of God. Martha, she's all in the kitchen, trying to get everything ready. It kind of sounds like our household, doesn't it? We're scrambling around trying to get everything ready for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, whatever the occasion is. We don't have time to visit because we've got to get everything ready. One thing that I try to tell my wife is, you know, let, let's get things ready the day before so when the day comes, we can be more relaxed. Let's get ready. Caring for the least of these, as recorded in Luke 4, 18 and 19. Back in Luke 4, the start of Jesus' ministry, Jesus explains he had come to proclaim the good news to whom? The poor, the imprisoned, the blind, the oppressed. After all, he did say that it's not the healthy that need a doctor. Sometimes, you know, I wonder about the churches, churches as a whole, we try to look for ways to bring in new people in the church. We seem to be more concerned about bringing those maybe that have been here and they're gone now to a different church perhaps. But that's not, they're already going to a church. They already believe. We need to reach out to people who don't know about Jesus Christ. And that becomes a challenge for us, is because who are those people? Who do we see out there in our everyday life that is perhaps a non-believer? And we should tell them, hey, you know what? You have a Savior through Jesus Christ who gave his life for you. We invite you to come and learn about Jesus. Learn about what he has done for you. Caring for the least of these. That's what Jesus came into the picture for. He talked, and he ate with his, with his sinners. And what did the Pharisees say about that? Oh, how dare he eat with those people, those low scums? Excuse me, but they're the ones that need saving. Like I said, eating and drinking and talking with sinners, as recorded in the book of Luke. Jesus ate and drank with sinners. He ate with tax collectors. They were not religious people by any means of the imagination. They were the outcasts. They were the people that people shunned and wanted anything to do with, but yet Jesus went to them. It was, a, it was against, uh, if you want to call it the law, I guess, you were not supposed to be meeting with a woman by yourself. And yet, what about the woman at the well? Jesus talked with her. Oh my goodness. Jesus came for everybody. Picking up our crosses daily and following him is recorded in Luke 9, 18-27. Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life and lose it but whoever loses their life for me will save it. We need to be ready through whatever we can in our everyday life. You get up in the morning, you give God glory, praise. Throughout the course of the day, 
I like one thing that Lois mentioned this morning. She says, uh, you know, when you're in a store and you're, you're standing in a line, and instead of being, oh, this line is so long, and being patient, or impatient, I should say, and irritated, how about praying for somebody? What about praying for the cashier that's in front of you? What about praying for friends? You're standing in line. You've got nothing else better to do. Pray. Give God glory. God wants us to pray continually to him, and we have every opportunity to do so. When you're in a vehicle driving, like when I come over here on Sunday mornings, yeah, it's such a relaxing time for me because it's just me and the car and God. Nothing else can get into our way. Nothing. I can't do anything else. <laughs> it's got my undivided attention. When you're standing in line, he's got your undivided attention. Utilize it. And Jesus will then reward our readiness. Verse 37 in our scripture says, tells us when the master returns, he finds his servants ready, he will dress himself to serve them. Christ will come again for us. So, in our little bag that we're going to take on the day of on expectancy, we're going to grab our bag and it's going to have readiness in it because we're going to be ready to go. What else are we going to pack in a little bag? How about faithfulness? In Luke 12, verses 41 through 48, Peter asks, Lord, who are you telling this parable? To us or to everyone? The Lord answered, who then is faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of the servants to give them food allowance for the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. <coughs> Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. Peter is somewhat confused by all this. Because he asks Jesus, well, who, who are you talking to? Are you talking to us? Are you talking to the crowd? Or to everybody. Verse 42 is that the second way we get ready is for faithful and wise managers. That's what we need to be faithful. Faithful to Jesus Christ. When we are faithful to God, we'll be faithful to our, to our people around us. Because when we have our friends, establishment there is trust. We trust in one another. We trust in God. Why? Because we have faith in God. Total faith. We know that when God is on our side, nothing can go wrong. Parents are to teach their kids about God. Spouses and loving husbands talk about God in their lives. We take that wedding vow Take it before God. Faithfulness and readiness is something that we need to have in our everyday life. As long as we have that faith, 
Now we can sit here and believe that yes, God is going to hold me up. So every time you sit down, I want you to think about something. Yes. This chair is holding me up because I have faith in God. Faith that is going to be powerful. When you have that faith, you don't have to worry about anything else. Don't worry about the people around you who might say bad things. You know, there are, it, it takes all kinds of people in this world, doesn't it, to, to make things go. It takes good people, it takes bad people, I hate to say it. They are there. That's when I'd like to maybe sometimes grab a stick and hit them over the head with it. But Jesus didn't do that. Because he loved them. He showered the people with his love for everybody. And we have faith to believe that Jesus Christ has come and will come once again. I, I can't phantom what it's going to be like. You, know, you have all these science fiction shows and all this, you know, these telescopes that look peer into outer space and stuff like that. You, you see all that stuff that's there and you wonder about it. It's just like, you know, though, that's nothing. Because God is so much more. Hey, it's a beautiful day out. The sun is shining. Believe and, and say, thank you, God, for a wonderful day. And I'm ready whenever you are to come. Come into my life. Come into my soul, my heart, my mind. I will have faith that you are going to come. So you got your bag? Got your bag ready to go? Are you ready? Are you faithful? Maybe throw some love in that bag. Throw some trust in that bag as well. All the good attributes of the Holy Spirit that are in there. Put them into your bag and take that bag with you. Because you never know when the hour is going to come. Whoa. Read the book of Revelation if you want to see some really cool things. Because that's when God is coming. In the meantime, I have my little chair. Just going to put it up here for now. I know it's there, and I know when I sit into that chair, it's going to hold me up, much as God's going to hold us up every day of our lives. When we put the Bible away, and we sit it down for a little while, and we'll grab it later on and read the Bible and sit in the chair, and we're ready to go. It is about faith, how we believe. What is faith? Faith is believing in something that we cannot see. The biblical definition of faith does not apply only to salvation. It applies to our Christian life. We are to believe what the Bible says and we are to obey it. We are to believe the promises of God and we are to live it accordingly. We are to agree with the truth of God's word and we are to allow ourselves to be transformed by it. As it says in Romans 12, 2. Faith cometh by hearing 
and by hearing of the word of God. Amen. May the grace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in the truth of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's join together in the words of the Nicene Creed as printed in the bulletin. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And on the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. He shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. How do you spell joy? How do you spell joy? I spell it G-O-D. How do you spell joy? I spell it G-O-D.
day.